Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our NEC Youth Real Talk. Today, I have a panel of guests who I'll introduce you to in just a moment. Our theme for today is Christian influencers, and we're looking forward to sharing our thoughts on this topic and everyone's experiences in this area. So um, I'll let the panel introduce themselves. I'll say their name and then they can go on to tell you a little bit about their own ministry, just kind of what they're currently affiliated with. Um, let's begin with Daniel Blyden. Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm Daniel. I live in Birmingham. I am part of a, I guess, church plant slash church community um, that's called Restore. And we have been, for the last couple of years, exploring what church looks like outside of the walls. So network of house churches and also doing a bunch of different creative projects that kind of challenges our, challenge our ideas of um, what church is all about and also how we connect with others through using creativity. So awesome. thanks Dan. Um, over to Danielle. Hi, my name is Danielle Wong. Um, my husband Jermaine and I run Final Call Productions, which is a, a theatre and film production company. So we have our theatre production play and there was war. Uh, we also uh, run um, monthly spoken word events, well, we was before COVID, uh, called Transcendence. And uh, we also do uh, short spoken word films. Awesome. Thanks, Danielle. Petty. Hi, everyone. So I'm Petty and I'm Nella Grace on social media. So I've had a YouTube channel now for a couple of years um, where I kind of share my life, but also like my faith integrated in that as well and I also create content on Instagram so I'm a content creator basically and I've just recently started an online ministry called Biblical Boss Babe which is just for women young women um just striving after God's heart so that is mostly what I do. Thank you um IK. Hello everyone my name is IK um from London I basically when I'm not doing my day job, I do a lot of Bible studies. I'm working with a church plant called Edenwood at the moment, um, and different groups, a group called Sanctuary in East London, WG Connect in North London, uh, Christ Encounters in South London. I've kind of <laughs> like, I've dabbled, and yeah, so basically, Bibleist is the phrase. A Bibleist, awesome, thank you. And Matthew? Uh, yeah, thanks, Mark. My name is Matthew Harrell. Uh, I'm a pastor in the SEC um, and I uh, am part of a church plant um, called ACTS, um, but with a few other things affiliated to it. So, not simply <laughs> church plant. Uh, we're based in, in East London in Leytonstone. Uh, we've been running for about a year and a half, and we're just always exploring different ways that we can connect with people. Um, engage with people, work together and collaborate with people um, in a contemporary relevant way. Awesome, thank you everyone. So um, just to kind of share for those that may be new to Real Talk sessions on NEC Youth, it's a space where we really get to dig into some things that may be a little non-traditional, share some non-conventional viewpoints on topics that affect young people and young professionals in our church. Um, actually the topic of this chat before was going to be about youth evangelism um, that's a heavy heavy phrase um, in Christian circles we can talk about that in a little while um, but 
when I thought about reimagining this for 2020, I thought about Christian influencers, which all of you are. And um, it's great to have your expertise and experience to kind of share on the topic this evening. Um, when we look at the word influencer in our current society, it comes from an idea of endorsing and kind of a bit of product placement maybe comes to mind. Um, people or organizations who have some kind of expertise or level of knowledge in their area and then they go on to influence others to get involved in either activities or in buying goods or services or perhaps just sharing ideas on a specific topic. So um, I wondered for you all here so that the viewers can get to know you a little bit how does the idea of influencer come into the work that you do or the ministry that you do? Do you see yourselves as influencers or is that a bit big-headed? Anyone can answer. I think it's it's funny that you say that because I think till recently, because my official title, I guess, as a job is influencer. So it's uh, till recently it felt like, oh, you you know, that like what you said, you feel a bit big-headed or to say, oh, I'm an influencer. But at the end of the day, that I, I truly believe that everyone is an influencer. You influence, you're always influencing someone. So when you look at it like that, I think it's something that it's okay to take on for yourself to realize that you are an influencer in whatever sphere that you're in. Everyone has a circle of influence in general. Mm -hmm. So I think um, it's something that I've personally recently like just sat into. Like, okay, I'm an influencer, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, and it gives you a different set of, set of responsibility as well in your mind when you actually take that on. Mm -hmm. that you're an influencer okay and for those that are perhaps in less traditional traditional less conventional box ticking i'm an influencer on instagram i've got a youtube channel but mm -hmm. are influencing in a very intentional way and um, what are your thoughts on the term influencer yeah like what petty said um we you know everyone has influence either for good or for evil Mm. You know, uh, we, 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 there's no neutrality and even like I think of when we say like um, leading uh, being a leader we're all leaders either you're leading people in the spiritual sense to Christ or away from him and then obviously you can expand that into other areas as well so we, we have influence you know, we're not neutral and so we have a responsibility to use our influence in the best possible way we can and obviously in a positive sense Okay, I'm hearing responsibility times two. Pastor Matt, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I I feel like the term influencer comes with um it comes with some baggage, and I think there are there are more than one way. There's more than one way that it could have baggage. I mean, it could have baggage because I think a lot of people could feel like, who am I to influence other people? Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's too heavy a mantle, and then I think it just has, conventionally speaking, just the baggage because of how I think a lot of people view what it is to be a social media um influencer and i think there's some baggage that comes with that but i i think there is i don't know without, without wishing to over spiritualize things i think that if if so, take someone like apostle paul i think if he was here today and he had the opportunity to be an influencer and have thousands of people millions of people kind of follow mm -hmm. him and what he did and what he said like mm -hmm. that, that's the essence when he's saying things like follow me as i follow christ that's mm -hmm. kind of the distilled essence of what it is to be an influencer it's basically i'm living my life and you can come and get a piece of it as well and see what i'm doing and we'll go on this journey together so i think that there is space to function as an influencer kind of leaving aside all of that 
baggage and just kind of just taking it as an opportunity really that's all it really is it's, mm. it's an opportunity to kind of help some people see something that hopefully they can get some value out of mm. yeah I agree I think um I'm not I'm not that keen on the term influencer but I just believe that God has given us a sphere of influence every one of us a particular sphere of influence um, so it might be the people that you go to church with or the people that, you know, come to you for advice. You know, you've got your your corner of the world in which that you're supposed to be influencing uh, for the things of Christ. And so obviously influencer is quite a, a new trendy term. Um, but, I, you know, if, if that's a term that works and people are looking for a Christian influencer or they want to look at us or look at myself as someone who's going to influence, then I, I want to influence you in the things of, of God. And so my personal Instagram page is looking to do that. So every caption that I write, every image that I write, I'm... I'm trying to influence people to um, to show them this is a life in Christ, and you know I'm not you know I'm not whatever it is you might pick a picture a Christian to be. I'm just living my life. I'm having fun. I'm serious about the things of God, and if you are influenced by that, then then great. Mm. Okay. Um, so then I guess everyone has their day job in one form or shape and sometimes influencing may become your day job perhaps or maybe it's kind of a, a, a side hustle um when it comes to your own various platforms what made you kind of transition from um my own personal calling as a Christian with its own personal self-expression um in a very kind of you know I pray to God maybe I, I journal to God maybe I sing to God I worship God in a very personal me one kind of way what then caused you to open up and look externally in an intentional manner what was that thing hmm. um I think for me it was for me personally it was a heavy call it like I genuinely that's all I could think about like as in I was living my life obviously like I do believe that as well like what you're saying just kind of taking the tangent a little bit that it, you have to just be living it like you are a Christian so therefore you you're just outpouring your life and once you're outpouring your life people will be influenced um uh so it's it's kind of like for you to take that sometimes you don't have to take that um that intentional step almost it's it's just if you're living your life and you are a Christian and you are sharing your faith naturally because that's who you are then there's no intentionality in taking the switch if that makes sense because that's already what you're sharing but for me personally like I said I had a YouTube channel that was more about my life as a medical student oh look what I'm doing but I felt like God was saying that you're not you're not on this earth to be a doctor if that makes sense like a doctor is nice and you know you can help people in that way but I've called you to bring people to me and I've called you to share me with other people you know so for me it was just I, I felt that heaviness of a responsibility of sharing my faith intentionally of just like no listen I'm here to tell you about Jesus and that's all <laughs> so um that that that's what what that was my switch it was just through my devotional life through my prayer life feeling like God that's what God was calling me like one pastor say oh I felt the calling to go into ministry and to, to being a pastor for me I felt the calling to be a Christian influencer online mm -hmm. um and so that was my I know that's not the journey for everyone but that was 
what switch for me that was my experience yeah awesome thank you I I think um I I resonate with that because I think people like you said people maybe see it as a, a side hustle or a project that you know I should do some ministry or I'm a Christian so really I should get involved in some sort of ministry but my a term I often use is ministry is life so rather than looking at um, putting it in a separate box where, you know, I, I have my work life and I have my home life and then I have ministry life, I, I kind of look at it as it's, it's all one thing. My life is ministry. And so, but I very much used to be that kind of person who had it in a separate box. Mm. So we had Final Call Productions, we had the ministry that we were working on, but then it would just seep so much into, you know, my normal life, which was fine. But then I come to realize, why am I trying to keep it separate? You know, it is a part of me. It's a part of who I am. And then rather than thinking about, okay, what project can I get involved in or what can I do? Everything that I'm doing is, you know, is influencing, is is ministry. And, and so I, I'll give you an example. Um, so we have our we have our poetry events and we have poets who want to come and perform and then we have people who are going to come and and see you know who are going to come and watch the performances and you know so it's not just an event by itself you know we are now building a community of poets who we know who also follow our page and are influenced by anything else that we might do. So if we say, hey, we've got a play, they're going to come and check out the play. And if we say, even if we, you know, we get to know these people personally. So even if we say, we're actually having Sabbath lunch at our house, do you want to come? You know, now it's it's not just, you know, well, these are poets and that's to do with that event. It's now seeping into, you know, actually, you know, our church is having a, an outdoor, you know, sporting event. And what do you think of that? Would you like to come? And now it's seeping into all areas of everything else that we're doing and we just see it as one big community that we're just kind of you know tapping into yeah I guess that, that nuance between the two of you of one's kind of very much an online platform very intentional producing content and one's kind of getting to actually interact with people face to face outside of lockdown um and that then can can perhaps seep in a more natural way into other areas of your life anyone yeah. else on that yeah I, I feel like it's a really interesting question and I feel like well before that sorry um Transcendence the the event that Danielle and Jermaine do is so amazing and when it's back up and running um, <laughs> even if you're in uh Liverpool or Birmingham or where do you say you are Petty or Lithuania <laughs> wherever you are get to Transcendence like it's worth it it's banging but um I, I just think find it really interesting even the the way that we kind of have to frame the question. And let me give you an example. If if I said, for example, there's a lot of stuff in me about how I feel about the world and how I feel about what it is to be a Christian, like a person of God, and I just want to get it out of me and I'm going to put it down in a book or mm. I've got all these ideas and stuff and I want to put it in a poem or I want to put it in a song, people would be like, wow, that's, that's really cool. That's really virtuous. You should definitely do that. It's good for the things in you to get out so people can kind of access them and enjoy them and engage with them. But it's like, there's still, 
a little bit of stigma. If I take take that same principle and like, I've got all these ideas and this creativity and I want to share my journey with faith and I want to be like an influencer and use social media as a platform. Mm, well, mm, that sounds a little bit, is that a bit vain? Should we be doing that? Why? It's, it's exactly the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. just different vehicle for, for doing it. And it's like some, some vehicles are very virtuous and we're cool with, but other vehicles were like, well, okay, I guess it's cool, but mm, do you know what I mean? So I just think, especially listen to what you were saying, Petty, I was just thinking anyone could be saying that about any other method of creativity. And it's just mm -hmm. another way to kind of engage and connect with, with people in a real and authentic way. And I, I'm struggling to see any distinction between creating like a YouTube channel and vlogging and sharing how I feel and and writing a book like do you know what I mean it's a different skill set but the principle is to me seems to be like very similar yeah I definitely agree I think and people often think well I don't sing or you know I don't have this particular skill that I can use for ministry and so they think I've got nothing to give or I've got nothing to share and it's just not the case like you could be cooking you could be sewing you know what I mean it, it could actually be anything and and then you just you get creative with that in terms of how you outreach with that you 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 tap into people's lives with whatever it is that you're using yeah i was just thinking because um for me it was when i as i studied like well me okay i wasn't you know um i wasn't always a christian and i remember when i was 17 i wanted to rap and i've come from that to doing bible studies and these things and the reason is because when I learned the truth, I realized that there's people that have made it possible for me to have, have the privilege of accessing this truth. You know, Christ did a work 2000 years ago for three and a half years. And after he left, it carried on. It, it, it was self-sustaining. And for me, I've come to learn that if, say, for example, if I'm gone and my work is not continuing, I failed. So there has to be that kind of influence, like just like what Jesus did, the apostles, they made sure that we have access to the truth 2000 years later. You know, mm -hmm. many people, you know, suffered and, you know, sacrificed so that we can have what we have. So f f it will be selfish of me to not want to do the same thing that they've done. You know, it's, it's a like, you know, we said earlier, responsibility that I do as much as like, for example, I have a YouTube channel and it's, I struggle. It's something I started a long time. I haven't kept up with it, but it's always on my mind that this is something that I need to, I need to do it because other people are out there putting out error. Don't complain, you know, when you, when error has been put out, if you're not combating it with truth, you see. So it's the thing of or encouraging other people that are doing the same thing. So that's kind of my take on that. Mm. I know, like Dan, for example, like you don't only have your finger in one pie. You've got like Restore the Love, which is a, a small group church, and you're working on some great things with your design work, and as well as this potluck lunch, um, lunch potluck, um, online space that you're planning in September. You can tell us a little about it in a second, but um, my question is, does that come naturally? That outflow, does it feel like labor? Does it feel like a draining of energy? Does it feel like I'm putting my time here when I could be putting it here like a sacrifice or is it kind of just uh, a privilege or is are there times when actually it's a bit of both um I think for me how it's been is just like I, I move according to like 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 Petty described just that calling that um 
when when I'm inspired, I'll, I will move with it. And that's happened in a number of different ways. And I think there was a particular moment for me in terms of like using creativity in ministry where I, I became very uncomfortable with the idea of like telling people what to think or, 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 or like almost like feeling like you're sort of um, pushing a particular ideology or idea onto people. And, and there was a slight shift in me towards um, becoming a co-inquirer on people's spiritual journeys. So um, like we, we, we're more interested in the mysteries and wonders of life and we we create experiences where people people are are brought into that and i think my my life kind of i think i see myself as a, more of an artist a creative at heart and it's for me it's always about that that wonder because like i don't believe that anyone's got it fully sussed out in terms of life like everyone has um mm. things that they're uncertain about even with ourselves who we say we have like the truth and stuff, yes, but we also have things that we're uncertain about, and we can we can be honest about that with people mm. and take them on that journey with us. And mm. I think there's been an, a number of different things that I've kind of done over the years to kind of connect with people in that way, as opposed to saying this is what you you need to think or this is what you should feel about the world about life. Can you tell us about that. the look idea? Sorry, Petty. Sorry? I was just saying I love that. Yeah. The co-inquirer in the, mm. the online. The top pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, yeah. can you tell us a bit about the potluck idea? Yeah, so um when I'm when I kind of made that shift to like seeing like going on that journey of sort of curiosity with people, um one of the projects that I did about five years ago was to host the art exhibition in Birmingham City Centre in a shopping mall. Um, we got. I managed to get access to an empty shot unit, and it was all about opening up the space for people to have conversation about spiritual things through art. So we just exhibited some some artwork um, in the front in the shop front, created by um, Christian, particularly Adventist artists. And through doing that project, um, I think it must have been Adventist World or Adventist Review, or one of those publications there. They picked it up, and I connected with. Um, a friend in Australia so someone picked it up in Australia and we've stayed friends since then she's an artist she's a graphic designer shout out to Shelley if you're watching um and and I guess we've kept in touch we've talked a lot about like where is the space for the creators for the the artists the creators in our church community and 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 how they can actually authentically um express their ministries um different people and so many people are doing lots of creative things like all of everyone on here is doing different bits and pieces but um where's the support for all of all of that and really like connecting it in or connecting people up together so more recently during this um covid situation um i, I reconnected with shelly and i said yo we need to do something you know because there's so many doing so many people doing really interesting things um in the online space but also in their communities and how can we kind of bring people together not just in our own countries but across the across the globe and we came up this with this idea for this kind of global potluck so this is this is a thing that i'm kind of cooking up in the background with with shelly in australia and um it's basically going to be a three-day event um 
a festival of hope, healing and imagination. So we're looking at um, what's bringing us hope in these times, what's helping us heal collectively, what's um, um, helping us have collective, look after our collective well-being, and um, how could we reimagine re what church could look like in these times where we can't necessarily gather en masse as we used to. And so far we've been doing this in a very collaborative, open way. So inviting people in to share how we, how we design this thing. And I only started actually doing this a, few, a, few, a couple of months ago now, but um, the response has been so amazing that like um, the, festi the festival basically started in those conversations and we decided that we're gonna actually move it to next year and start doing some smaller sessions and keep that conversation going. But um, just trying to create that platform for much more um, creativity and um, allowing people to participate um, rather than be spoken at all the time. I think we, we get a lot of that in even in this digital space, like we, we, we're just kind of very passive and having to just absorb and be um, consumers rather than producers and how can we enable more people to to bring what they have to offer to the table um, in Thanks. the same way that you would at a potluck. Thanks, Dan. Um, and it's that kind of reimagining creativity that I wonder what your thoughts are on when it comes to then conventional evangelism. We'll take that word and we'll break it down a little bit in a, in a moment. Um, but conventional evangelism, perhaps in the face of the ideas such as the potluck and transcendent, and doing church without walls um, and Bible studies in people's homes. And when, what is the one or two words from each of you? What are the one or two words that come to mind when I say evangelism? I'll start with IK. Yeah, uh, I think evangelism, sorry, two words. Uh, <laughs> friendship and connect, connecting. Okay. Patty? Um, I guess a phrase, just like spreading the gospel. Okay. Danielle? Um, I'd say outreach and community. Okay. Dan? Um, the word evangelism to me is about sharing, really. Sharing. Matt? I'd say people and um, fun. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Was that were these words always your picture of what evangelism was, or have these words kind of come to mean something different the more you've become deeper influencers in your various ways? For me personally, I'm going to give my own experience. Like evangelism as a young person growing up was very much um that side came first, like, <laughs> oh, we're all going to do evangelism. <laughs> and the traditional models of evangelism that I grew up with in church were kind of door knocking. Um, and handing out tracks with a T CTS at the end, not with a KS. Um, also <laughs> going, um, so going door to door, um, perhaps um, a tent in a field was pitched and there'd be like a, a month long campaign or like two week long campaign. Um, but there was a little bit of like, oh man, now you've got to evangelize. Um, and it was very much kind of as Danielle spoke about kind of having boxes, my Christian walk was here and then evangelism kind of sat apart from that and it was something that we did and it came with a sigh. Um, but now from all the things you said, it sounds a lot more pleasant. So maybe talk to me a little bit about that. 
I think I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't have those connotations coming in of what evangelism is supposed to be. And so I think maybe I'm someone who's quite creative minded. So I would just see something. Jermaine would write a poem and I'm just coming up with all these ideas about how we get this poem out there. How do you perform it? How do you reach people with that? So to me, that's what evangelism is. Like, how do we, which way possibly can we go with our ideas in order to share the gospel to make people understand who god is what he's about in any way shape or form mm. um so yeah and perhaps the words evangelism does probably bring up something in in someone but i think you know maybe we'll come up with a new word i don't know but you know <laughs> to come away from that and just to think how do i share the gospel yeah. and even that in itself people might think well that means that's for a preacher or a teacher or i've got to give out tracks to share the gospel mm. but you know it's just reaching people where they're at and what they're interested in you know we had no idea that how many people come up to us and say we want i want to perform a poem i write some stuff you know or like what ik was saying he, they start as a rapper and now they're writing lyrics and how can i use that for christ because you know rapping is maybe a worldly thing but you know you've got lyrics and you've got things that you want to say you know perhaps you want to perform it as a poem you could perform it as a rap perhaps you just want to go on an instagram live and just just do it you know perhaps you just want to get mm. an group of friends who are interested in the same thing and you will just sit there and do that that is evangelism that is sharing your personal experience sharing what god means to you in a way that works for you in a way that's comfortable to you and in a way that is going to reach other people who are like you mm, thank you danielle powerful stuff anyone else i think for me it, it, it it's not it's not always positive the word evangelism because i like you have those feelings of being forced to do something that I didn't want to do and talk to people I didn't want to talk to and like um give some give people stuff that they didn't really want um that that's that stuff is like it's still it's still there with me and I also think of the word evangelical which has all these other connotations and stuff that is like yeah it, it's kind of it kind of the word becomes quite quite loaded and I but then it to me it came back to like what is your motive for for it because when it came to mm. evangelism like I see a lot of people that were trying to do this because they wanted to kind of save themselves as opposed to actually genuinely caring for who they were speaking to because mm. they think that like if they share with somebody then that means that they've got another star in their crown or whatever and some of these motives come out in in, in evangelism and I just think that's not what it's meant to be yeah um, tick box activity type thing yeah. or duty I ought to yeah mm. I, I think even you use, you use an expression a couple of times, Mel, um, conventional evangelism. And I think there is no, there should be no such thing as conventional evangelism, because if, if you think about when evangelism started in the book of Acts, for example, everything was innovative because it was new, that there were mm. no conventions, literally, it was like constant innovation and new ways and creative ways of doing things and if we think about today and in, in certainly the world that we live in in the western world in europe in the uk there is nothing conventional about telling someone who doesn't believe in god or doesn't know god that there is a a god who created you and created the world and he he's invisible but he knows you and he's ever there's nothing conventional about these ideas do you know what i mean they're either mm. like 
faith-based ideas or they're crazy ideas. Do you know what I mean? There's no in-between. <laughs> it's either you wholeheartedly believe it or it just sounds made up and, and crazy and stuff. So there can be nothing conventional about dealing with Christianity and with the gospel. It has to be something that is highly unconventional just by nature. So I think any time that we realise this particular way of doing things feels a bit dated and a bit stayed, then something needs to change because the gospel doesn't have convention built into it. It has innovation built into it. So we shouldn't be afraid of innovation. We should be afraid of conventional evangelism. Like that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. my take. I, I completely agree with that as well, because I think from what you're saying as well, it's the Holy Spirit, right, that empowers people to go and evangelize in the first place or to, to at least, you know, to give you the power to go out and tell people about himself. Right. No one can 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 pre- can can say that God who God is unless it's been by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit cannot be boxed. We can't box God in general into into anything. So it's kind of the idea that if we live we believe in this creator God who created the whole universe in well in seven in six days and he spoke and all this signs and everything came about and then we think that he can only work through tracks he can only work through knocking on the door like it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense for us to to make God this one thing um and that what we what we say this conventional way of of evangelizing was conventional because it started off at a certain period of time and that's what they did that's because that's what they had now we're in a different period of time so we use what we do with what we have so I think that it's just it doesn't make sense to box God in general um the Holy Spirit and you know is just I can't even fathom what that looks like to me so it doesn't make sense for us to just put it into one thing so conventional uh, evangelism as we say it is is what we think what what we've grown up with like what, what Mel said and I think that that form of evangelizing is has its place, has its time, just like any other form of evangelizing, just like YouTube, just like Instagram, just like small Bible studies, just like um, graphic design, whatever, because God made us creative beings for a reason. Um, it's for us to use that creativity to reach people in wherever they can be. So I completely agree with that. However, I, I think... I going to say with the word... Oh, we'll get Daniel go first and then come to you, okay? Yeah, go on. I was just going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works because yeah. um, <laughs> um, some people are traditional and old school and, and like the conventional. And even though, Petty, what you're saying makes sense to me, some people don't agree. Um, we done a, a theatre play called And There Was War, which is basically a play about the great controversy between good and evil, um, you know, God versus the devil. And um, we got a write-up in Adventist Review. Um, we put it on in December. And that went on Adventist Review, then put it on Facebook. So there were images of the play and there was a write-up of the play. And the mess, you know, it was interesting, you know, you, you read the messages underneath and there was very mixed um, reviews on us using um, drama and performing arts to spread the gospel. So many people were like, wow, this is amazing. Where can I see this? I never thought of this. You know, people were amazed. People from all over the world you know, how can we see it? How can we get it here? And then other people were completely slating us, like, you know, your heresy, your this, your that. Ellen White says, 
you know, really coming down hard on us. You know, this is not biblical. This is wrong. How dare you? And I was like, now, like I said, I didn't grow up in the church. So I was like, what? What are we doing? I don't get it. Because to me, you know, I have seen, I have heard so, you know, the, the feedback that I've got from so many people, from actors, from people who've come to see it, is that their life has been changed. Mm. I want to give up this um, this gang that I'm a part of. I'm an atheist and I'm going to consider God for the first time. Um, I'm a 13 year old and I'm, I want to get baptized now. I didn't realize that God loved me, you know, and I'm just like, how could you say that? How could you not realize that the Holy Spirit is the one that is moving through what we're doing? You know, and I, I understand like uh, the LMY and back in the day, theater was perhaps used in a different way. It was seen as quite sexual. And so perhaps there's still a, an idea that that's what it is today. But it's almost like everyone can see the power and the influence of watching a film watching a story being told and how that draws you in or how that influences your mind it does which is why we stop children watching certain things because we know uh, they might get influenced by that they might go down that way and that is what we're doing with 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 our play that is what we're doing with our drama we're showing you the truth and we're trying to influence you to consider God in a way that perhaps you wouldn't consider just by looking at some text on a page mm. we're trying to bring this story to life so you can consider you know the emotions that are attached to it and to me again like you know what Petty was saying this this makes sense to me but some people are very closed off and they're like, no, 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 this is not how we do things. Um, obviously, we're not going to stop because of those comments. But I just think it's a real shame that even if you prefer the traditional and you prefer the campaigns and you prefer the tracks, that's great. But to kind of open up your mind and realise, like Petty said, you can't box in the Holy Spirit. He can move through baking a cake. He can move. He can do whatever it is. <laughs> So, you know, if someone says, you know, I'm going to start washing trainers and I'm going to try and evangelize through this, who are we to say, well, that's not in the Bible. What is Ellen White saying about that? You know, it's, it's no, 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 it's God is working through me. You know, it's not the particular thing necessarily, the, the song or the poem, he's working through me. We are the vessels. And so whatever it is, the skills that he's given us, that's, that's what he wants to use. Amazing. Thank you for sharing your experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say the word um, evangelism is, is taken from the word angel. You know, so an, an angel is a messenger, someone is carrying a message. So if we leave all the connotations and whatever, mm -hmm. and, you know, the point is we're angels. We've been given messages to, to, to carry. And God, like, you know, we, we, we said we can't put God in a box. At the same time, you know, there's um, there's you know ways that a message can be shared that it might be muffled or that it might be clear. Right. So you want to share the message in the clearest way. But even if the message is muffled, it doesn't matter because God will still use that. It doesn't mean it's his ideal, but he will use it if he has to. But I know me personally, when it comes to to that, I want to share it in the clearest best way that you know that I know so that's um yeah yeah there's is I think that's interesting though because like how do you know it's clear 
like many people have different ways of interpreting things or you try to project you try to convey something but you're not necessarily using their language people have many different ways of receiving information and knowledge and it can't just be one way that that message travels because there's many different ways that people receive and interpret things do you know what i mean like so i think i think that i think that like some people are it's, it's very simple in terms of like learning like some people are more auditory some people are more uh, kinetic they have to do something some people have to read but some people like there's there's I think there's just many different ways that people can um, receive messages and like the clarity comes through the Holy Spirit not necessarily anything that we do yeah that's interesting so when yeah. you think about like the um the guys that will like have a speakerphone or a megaphone in like your local town center pre-covid and they're, they're giving a very clear message aren't they that they're shouting you know whatever it is that they're telling you bible verses or hellfire or whatever it might be it's a very clear distinct message but the the recipients of that message um are receiving it in different ways some are completely turned off some are laughing some are so i guess mm. to daniel's point to receive a message you've got to perhaps adapt to the audience right who, who am I trying to reach and how best are they going to hear what I want to say so in terms of communication communication isn't successful until the recipient hears what I was trying to to get across right so for example yeah. we've all yeah. got different audiences that you're trying to connect with some maybe the church members in your community or the the bible study participants there's a certain means through which you might communicate which would turn them off completely right I don't know Petty gets some dodgy branding and <laughs> everyone unfollows her on Instagram um, <laughs> um, or even just like the type of language that we use like Danielle knows the type of people that might attend her um, her performances certain language use might be entirely inappropriate for them and they're like I, I can't connect with that it's not where I'm at um, so I think is it possible that kind of tying this in with audience and also our gifts so I want to kind of transition um into in church we often hear kind of idea that everyone has a gift or spiritual gift that we're called to kind of unearth or ex explore um and oftentimes that's channeled internally right so you'd make a really great deaconess assume you fold some tablecloth and you'd be great at communion um or maybe like well, you're just so helpful you'd be a great deacon or um various things that people might kind of pick out in your character like great you can use a computer you're on the PA um <laughs> but oftentimes it's internal do you think there's a work for us to do within our church community to kind of encourage people to turn their gifts externally into influencing rather than internally and our audience only each other like Petty's nurturing me I'm nurturing IK and we just kind of keep all the nurture inside what, what do you think I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I personally feel a huge burden of responsibility. Um, sometimes it genuinely feels very heavy to create as many different outlets and platforms for people to kind of um, serve God and serve the church and, and, and express their faith because it has become quite limited to even to the point of becoming almost a bit suffocating that there are only these very, very specific ways that you can serve God and, and the church. And you kind of have to fit your character and your personality and your gifts around those things and stuff. So I, yeah, I, I think that's, that's spot on though. And I think certainly as church leaders, the onus 
um, not solely on us, but I certainly feel the onus is on me to try and rather than try and squeeze you and your gifts into this role, how mm. can I create more roles that work with your gifts? That's really what I feel kind of really quite compelled to do. So I find as many different avenues and different activities and just different things to do that can kind of really get the best out of people rather than only use 12% of a person in this quite, quite limited role. So yeah, I, I, I certainly second that. Yeah. And I think your your gift as well should never, you are not given gifts to serve yourself in general. It's it's always outward. It's, it should always be serving others so that you can lead them to, to God. If you look at like the biblical gifts that we're talking about, you know, when, when we talk about Romans or First Corinthians or Ephesians, when it talks about the gifts that God gives, it was, it's actually not the gifts that we think of singing all of that stuff. And that's, that's, a, that's a talent and it's a, you know, skill i guess but when you talk about the gifts that bible actually lists it's things like serving it's things like administration it's things like prophecy and teaching is it and all of these things are outward things so and that's that's those gifts but in general when you talk about like any kind of gift it's not for you anyway it's for others so in terms of like how do you how do you encourage other people to go to to go outwards i think it's just have the mindset of who can i serve with with this who can I serve in my community who can I serve in my church and I know sometimes it can seem like well only one person but only one person is okay you're influencing that one person um mm. if if I only ever influence one person to give their life to, I know everyone says this you know I just want to influence one person to go to go to Jesus <laughs> but like really and truly that's someone that's been saved uh, and for eternity that's one person so it's I would say to think about your gifts and see them well, understand what gifts are in the first place, you know, because sometimes someone, people don't know their gifts, you know, they'll say, well, I don't know my gift, what is my gift, read the scripture, see what, what the Bible says about the, the, the conventional, if you want to call them gifts of the Bible, what Romans says, what First Corinthians says about the giftings, and that can come out in different ways, like my gift, I have a gift of teaching, but teaching can seem like I have to be teaching Bible studies at school, but I do teaching online, I teach Bible studies online, I teach a mentor even it's a form of teaching um so it's seeing that gift and how it can serve others in all the different spheres and not like i said box yourself into mm -hmm. if i if i have a gift of preaching then i must be a pastor which is great but if you have a gift of preaching start preaching you know on the streets if you need to there's ways that you can you can um give your gifts to others in different in different ways so i'll just say to think outside the box obviously prayerfully uh, and study the word because only God can show you and tell you where to go and how to do it. Mm. I think it's a shame when we um, when people are only thinking about what can I be a deacon or can I do the PA and they're kind of really limiting themselves to what they can do in a church and people who decide okay well you know I could do that that's it's just not going to work you're just going to be doing it out of duty there's no passion in it you're going to either burn out or you're just you know doing it um reluctantly and that's that's not the kind of service god wants you to do and so uh, what i say to people is when they're talking about oh i don't know what my gift is or i don't know how i can you know i, I don't have any talents i don't you know we god has given us all different things and i think whatever it is that we're good at that so I'm very good at organization and planning but that's not 
necessarily written in the Bible and it's not necessarily something that's celebrated and we're looking for a, a planner and organizer, but I just know, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to work with someone who needs something for me and I'm going to plan it and organize it for them. And this is something that I'm good at, you know, and I think what I would perhaps say to anybody watching who maybe is thinking, well, I, I don't know what my gifts are. You know, people will often say, oh man, you're so good at that. You know, you're so good with children or, you know, you're, you're so good with, you know, whatever it is. You start with that. You start with what, what is it that I'm good at? And then it might be, I'm good at art and like kind of what Daniel was saying, but how do I, how do I express that? Is my, you know, what audience, if I bring my art to church, am I really blessing anybody? But I think, it's, it's it's remembering it's the holy spirit that is doing the evangelizing it's the holy spirit that is reaching the people and i think when we're obedient and we say okay god has given me this particular gift i can draw or i can paint i'm not exactly sure what i can do with that but let me just work towards you know and what petty was saying you i'm praying into this um I, I might not see an audience, but of course, there are so many people out there who love art. And it's the Holy Spirit that is going to make someone look at a piece of art and decide, to me, this means X, Y, and Z. And so whatever it is that you're good at, you, that is what it is that you're going to use rather than can I fit into any of these categories, you know, or there's preacher, there's teacher, there's singer, you know, I don't fit into any of these, you know, it's, it's whatever it is that you can do. That's so important because there's like, there's only one church clerk role, for example. So does that mean that you've got to wait until like two years time when we do nominating committee again to exercise your gift of administration? That's, oh, that's of course, that's not how the, the Holy Spirit is going to work, but Sometimes if we only look within our church community to express our gifts, then we'll take a back seat. But perhaps as Christian influencers looking externally, it's then like, okay, how can I, my friend's got a wedding, I can help her. And in doing so, I get to like, just be a great witness, offer that hope, help and healing that, that Dan spoke about. And now I'm thinking in a whole different way and God will bless that and open up so many more doors um, than perhaps even was going to be possible by you doing the church books. Um, Pastor Matt, were you going to say something? Yeah, I, I, I want to throw something out there, Mel. And I'm, I'm not saying this to be provocative or to be controversial uh -oh. at all. No, no, no. Like, um, so one of the reasons, and I say this as a church leader, so someone who's kind of been layperson, kind of both both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons that I think we find it very challenging to, to evangelize um, is so much of our time and energy really is diverted into putting together a service on Sabbath that has all the bells and whistles and stuff. Um, and it's really, really good. And we're very good at that. We can do that very polished, very professionally, uh, very engaging, but so much energy goes into that, especially when you're trying to find people to do certain positions in nominating committee and all this stuff. But, I'd say easily like 80% of the, the church's energy really goes into putting together this, this, the program for this one day, be it if you have a Sabbath school, family worship, and then if you have something in the afternoon and stuff as well. And I've kind of come to a, a point where, where I've kind of observed, and this is what we're trying to live out in, in our church plant, that in order to have more time and energy and drive and capacity, we have to reduce some of the the kind of formal stuff that we do on Sabbath, the formal worship stuff, 
to kind of allow ourselves to also be able to do some other things. And so, like I say, I'm not trying to be provocative or anything. This is just something I've observed for, for quite a long time. Um, if we want to do more, then we have to think there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many people we have in a church. There's only so much yeah. energy they have. How can we re redistribute some of this resource or distribute it in a different way? Maybe if we reduce some of this stuff over here, then we have more capacity, more drive to do some, some other things. So I know that's not an easy conversation for every church to have, and I'm not advocating for churches blowing up their program that they've had for like the last 50 years. That's not what I'm saying, but I think there's room for some churches and, and some, some groups to kind of have that creative conversation and say, okay, how can we look at this a little bit differently? Look at it through a different prism rather than what we've done up to now. But actually, I think we do need to like drop, drop all that because like right now the buildings are closed. <laughs> and what's, what's the point in, in trying to, 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 to be in those roles that are there to actually sustain a program or sustain a, a, way, a way of church being? We, we can actually and actually have people are pretending that they're still doing what they were doing when they were in the building. But actually, all of that is, is if we're honest, irrelevant right now in, in this point where we are now. Um, and so I think that at this point, it's it really is about what you say, like creating that space for people to um, bring what it is that God's put on their heart genuinely to the table and actually share that with 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 others and, and figuring out how we facilitate that much more as leaders in the church. Um, because really, the, 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 those those models were there to start, kind of sustain the organize that, that way of organizing for a particular purpose and and those programs. Um, like right there's a lot of people who would never join the program but um you you administer to them nonetheless in your own personal life and that doesn't mean that they're not following god or or can't find god unless they go through our program <laughs> it's it's actually about just a lot of the stuff does happen in the background i see i see people ministering all the time but they, they probably would never actually go through the church doors or or, or enter the programs that we have um so Mm. I think that's such an interesting point because I think sometimes even people think evangelism means getting someone into church mm. Mm. so what they think evangelism actually means and so yeah. if the focus is the church service and then I'm going to think okay how do I get you to sit in my church service okay. rather than how do I just get you to be a disciple of Christ how do I get you to see Christ in my life and want to get Christ in your life so true, Danielle. And I wonder if... Honestly, perhaps... Go ahead, Ike. I'll come back to my point. So I just want to make a point about, um, uh, about our members and what we're saying about not having a you know outlet for sharing. And I think the, the reality is that a lot of our, a lot of us have need to have an encounter with Christ. Because mm -hmm. if I've had an encounter with Christ, whether it's door knocking, whether it's art, painting, whatever they are, it doesn't matter. The point is that you've had an encounter and you're able to share that. You don't, you know, like there was a story of a guy that Jesus healed. He was, I think it was deaf and dumb. And Jesus healed him and told him, don't tell anyone because he needed to work covert, covertly in that town. But the guy tried and he couldn't do it. And he ended up telling everyone because he had an encounter with Christ. Uh -huh. So if we've had an encounter with Jesus, whether it's, you know, working my local church, working with the PA system, da, 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 da. it's going to outflow and reach the people that it needs to reach. 
you yeah. know, but the, I think the reality is not so much a thing of methods. The method things is actually important, but just um, at the root of it, we need to have an encounter with Christ. And when we've encountered Jesus, nothing can stop that power. I think you're right, IK, but what can happen is that we can, we can teach out the passion and teach out the, the enthusiasm of a new believer. And by that, I mean, you must now fit into the box so I'm so glad you had the experience with Jesus and that you want to tell your school friends and your work colleagues and you want to express it in mm. this way or that way on your Facebook post or whatever creative means at your football matches. But actually we have a very linear way of showing the gospel. So here's a track and you can do it this way. Um, and oftentimes we make members of services, members of these really polished, as Pastor Matthew shared, beautiful services, beautiful mm. praise and worship. We make members who are great at um, giving offering and making a space on the pew they're there but then the discipleship was, was a key word that I heard from Danielle which I think is completely different um because influencers out there they make brand ambassadors like you are plug-in pretty little thing you are plug-in boohoo man like yeah. you are you are creating your whole you're getting paid to make not just like passive neutral um people but actually promoters of that brand um and for from my perspective if as Christians, Christ followers, all we're doing is becoming members in a building, which is now gone. So now what am I? Like my membership to that club is now void. They're not disciples. Then we have ourselves an issue. What do you guys yeah. think? That is, I think that is so true. And, and, and like something that you've just said about um, like, like in the influencer world, the whole brand ambassador thing, it's about the return, right? It's if I'm, a, if I'm an influencer and Pretty Little Thing is going to pay me £10,000 to post an Instagram post which is real numbers, by the way. <laughs> um, so if they're going to do that to you, it's like, wow, all this money, right? That's the return that you're getting. But like I said, if you, if your return of Jesus saying, well done, my good and faithful servant on that day, is that big to you? And if, if, if seeing someone give their life to Jesus is that much of a huge return to you, if you have had that encounter, like you just said, then that means that whatever, you have to do you will do it because the return is 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 enough that if that makes sense because to you it's good enough that's why sometimes I find that um a lot of young people at least they're scared to share the gospel because it, it the concept of Jesus or the concept of the gospel it's still something that is they're not fully experienced or walked in for the, for it to be something you can't help but share you know if, if you can meet someone mm -hmm. who loves Star Wars and all they'll talk about all night is Star Wars and we don't why because they they are fully engrossed in that so if you are fully engrossed in Jesus and you've had that encounter it will naturally happen and you will become that brand ambassador for Christ as annoying as you might be when people are like shut up we've heard enough you are that that's who you are right we, we talk about you know lifting the banner but that's what that looks like mm. being that it has to be an ongoing encounter as well it can't be just you know I know who it is now and that's it you know, it's, it has to be ongoing. So for me, in my journey, I'm continually growing, continually falling more and more in love with Jesus. And so therefore, I, I want to continue with the evangelism. Whereas if it was just, oh, yeah, I learned about God back in my 20s and then I'm supposed to carry on with that. You know, I, I am going to be, be bored or, or lose ideas of how to share. But if I'm continuously seeing God working in my life, then I, like IK was saying, you know, I'm gonna, it's just going to flow out of me. It's, it's just going to be something I, I can't mm. help but share. You need to get, you need to be on this path with Jesus. Path with Jesus. Mm. 
Mm. A really nice note to kind of start wrapping up on. Um, we won't quite finish, but kind of start wrapping up. So kind of going forward, um, we're in this great space of, of, of no church walls at the moment, um, which is offering a lot of opportunities for us to kind of reimagine and think about kind of what, what might church look like when we go back into a building, when we can actually get together physically with our communities again, what might, what might that look like? So for you, um, as Christian influencers in, in your different spheres, um, what are you hoping for? What does, what does the future of church community and Christians look like with this pause for reflection that COVID-19 and lockdown has provided for us? If everyone was to kind of think like you or to have a bit of a, a bit of introspection and thought, what have your, your hopes or your thoughts going forward been around our church community moving forward and perhaps young people specifically as we're on NAC Youth today? Well, I would hope that um, people, regardless of their age, have kind of um, come to a place where they feel like, you know what, it is possible for me to keep the Sabbath in a way that I'm, I think is consistent with what God is about and to engage in meaningful worship um, and to experience rest, be it mental rest, rest from other things or physical rest. And for me to kind of walk in all of those things without necessarily having to go to a physical building, to a, a physical service and stuff. And so I hope that people can kind of bottle that feeling. And when we can go to physical services, let's do it still. That That's great. But for people mm -hmm. to remember, there are still other ways that I can live out my my faith, be it on a Saturday or Friday evening or Wednesday, whenever it might be. There, there are other ways that I can still kind of live in an authentic way that I think God will still be pleased with and, and is still kind of consistent with who we are as Adventists, but just enables me to do to do different things. So very quickly, I, I would just love to plug what we've been experimenting with at, at, at Acts. We made the decision when we were kind of setting up this church plant that how many sermons do we really need to hear? You know, how many, I mean, we sit in church for a long time. So one Sabbath a month, rather than having a physical service where we meet together for worship, we're going to go out and do service. We're going to be the sermon. So we're going to go out and do different things in the community to kind of help people that, that need some help. And that's, that's really our evangelistic thrust as well, because we bring our non-Christian friends with us to do this stuff because they're interested in making their community better. So I would love it if, if other people felt a bit liberated to also kind of step out, even starting once a quarter, let's, we don't need to be in a building because we've seen that we weren't in a building for six months and, and nothing exploded. <laughs> you know, nothing fell down. Everything kept going. So maybe one Sabbath a quarter, let's kind of let the building rest and we're going to go out and we're going to do some very practical hands-on things to to live out our faith in different ways and to just find different ways to kind of connect and engage so i would really really love it if people kind of took that lesson from this time this extended time of not having to go somewhere and still living out their faith thank you i agree i think it's kind of forced us to get creative mm. you know we were shoved into this situation all of a sudden everyone had to get creative about how we still going to do this thing but we can still be in that space because there's so much uncertainty we don't know if there's going to come another lockdown we don't know you know all of the restrictions that they put in you've got to stand this distance away you've got to wear much you know what i mean it, it it this is still a good time to get creative with what how can we 
you know, the church is not a building, as we all know. So how can we still do church? How can we still experience the Sabbath? How can we still grow in Christ without doing it in this traditional way? Are there any other ways? Like what is wrong with going for a walk on the Sabbath in the park and talking about Jesus? You know, what is what is wrong with, you know, having a picnic? You know, what is wrong with, you know, if you're allowed in people's houses to let's just come together in someone's house and have a Bible study on Sabbath? You know, why does it have to look a particular way? Let's let's get creative. For me personally, um, because I, I have used this time to study and grow, um, I, I just said to my husband, there's no way I can go back to doing church that way. I, I can't. And I, I, you know, I'm very much in support of um, Matthew's Acts kind of church. You Again, you're thinking outside the box and you're thinking, well, you know, church isn't just about feed me a sermon, feed me, feed us. It's about, okay, how do we get out there? What, what about if we do something in our community? Um, you know, so I just think it's a it's a perfect opportunity for people to get creative, but also to to reach out to God and ask God, OK, what could I do? You know, what could I how could I keep Sabbath? How, how could I invite my non-Christian friends to to be a part of this with me? Get real, you know, really challenge yourself and, and include God in those conversations. Mm, thank you, Danielle. I was going to say, um, for me, the. I think about the apostolic church and how they didn't have a building. Mm. In fact, half the time they were in hiding. You know, you would have to tell, send a person to the wrong address twice to see if they'll bring Roman soldiers to come and ambush you guys. So that's how the church was. And about like, I think it was four or five weeks ago, like four different people that I know messaged me without, without connecting to each other and said, it's tomorrow is going to be hot. We can't, I can't do, I can't zoom tomorrow. We need yeah. to go to the beach, to the seaside somewhere. And yeah. we and that's what happened. And we all met up and, you know, so for me, it's, it's like you said, like you guys have said, it's forced us to think outside the box. And hopefully as, you know, things uh, are going to get back to normal, we need to realize that this is the foundation of the church, having small groups, having, you know, being able to meet outside the building. That's where you actually can be real, be vulnerable, share you know make real friends and really you know have people because you can't connect with the whole church as much as we might want to but you but in a small group we can do that all those things that we say are missing we can actually do that in smaller groups and that way when the building is gone we still have you know say i don't know 20 10 groups in the church running that the pastor can kind of use that keep in touch with everyone you know so that's that's my vision of how things should be i think i'd say i'd say in the idea of like being a christian influencer um and uh, yeah the idea of, of being an influencer or specifically being a christian influencer i think they did i think they did a survey in like 2018 in america um about careers about it was in a primary school i think uh don't know if it's just one primary school or a few but they did a, a, a career you know career day whatever and a lot of the young people one of the jobs that came about was now being an influencer. It was being a YouTuber mm-hmm. that um, young people wanted to be. They would write down, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they'll put a YouTuber because it's now a thing. It's a job and people are doing that. So if you, for some people, someone might be watching this because it's all the types of Christian influence and they think, I want to be a Christian influencer. I think that, oh, I just want to, oh, I'm an influencer. Um, how can I be more Christ- Christian in my influence, if that makes mm-hmm. sense? I think that it's important to always, um, for me, what always helps me is to remember why I'm here, like on this earth. Like I think of 
Ecclesiastes um, 12, where it says that this is the whole conclusion of the matter, fear God and keep his commandments, but this is the whole duty of man. Like for me, that mm. verse always comes comes up to me because I'm like, my whole duty is to fear God and keep his commandments. And then also like my other favorite verse in Galatians 2.20, when he talks about, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So I think our whole purpose is to, to reflect to, to reflect God and to be like Jesus, to fear him, to keep his commandments. So you can want to be an influencer, right? You can, there's only so much ASOS clothes you can sell online, you know? What is that really giving to the world? You know, I feel like mm. if you want to be an influencer, be an influencer for God, like actually Amen. do that intentionally. But also that doesn't just come about like a job. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to be a Christian influencer we like what we've been saying this whole time and live it if you can only you cannot pour out of an empty cup so if you live it it will naturally come out of you and you will influence others towards that and you will naturally be a christian influencer and then um the last thing i was going to say was that in the the influence world of being a christian influencer you just don't overcomplicate it don't think i have to have an online ministry called this this and this Share your devotional time if that's what you're doing. Share a Bible verse. Share your favorite song. Do whatever it is if we're talking about online social media world. So I don't think that people should overcomplicate it as well or think I have to be this whole thing. It's just live your life and it will naturally come out. And just realize that's your whole purpose anyway. It's just to live, to keep God, fear God and keep, keep his commandments. So don't get lost in the whole I want to be an influencer situation. Thank you. Dan, anything to add? Um, yeah, of course, I know everything everyone says, but I'm just here thinking like, what, what, what do you do with the buildings? What do we do with these assets that, that the church holds? And I just think that, like, even before this lockdown stuff, like, it wasn't really, for most churches, like, the, mo the most time it gets used is that, that, that period of time on a Saturday and the Sabbath. And I just feel like it could be a resource for all sorts of different people's ideas and ministries that they're doing and, and like actually just make them available for that. Make, 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 make them available for the YouTube influencers to come and, you know, build their, um, their do their videos, make them available for people to just come and um, go on their own personal inquiries around the scripture, like, and like actually, I don't know, there's a project that I did like years ago called the Scripture Lab and we painted the walls and made the, the space like more of a, 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 a sort of design studio lab where people could write their questions on the wall and like actually um, share different ideas. And um, I just think that we can, re we can really reimagine these buildings, open them up for homeless people to go and get a shower or, um, you know, wash their clothes and have a laundrette in there, people meeting laundrettes, like all sorts of different things that could be done with the buildings that I think that we need to like move towards that. And of course you can still use, you should still do your service, but actually that's just like a, a small percentage of what, mm -hmm. of what should be going on in the buildings now, because we know that we can come together in these ways. And, and there was always people who were excluded from coming to the building because they were shut in. But now actually, because of the internet, they've been able to connect more with people um, and they've been actually looked out for more. And mm -hmm. that's what church was meant to be anyway. But when, when nobody knew how to use Zoom, that wasn't happening. So um, now we know that that's what we, we, we should be doing now. I think it's time to like, just build a lid off what we think the buildings are for and actually do some some different stuff and make make it available as infrastructure for the church community to, to build from. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it's really powerful, Dan. Thank you. So it's kind of like to recap what we've spoken about. We've spoken about um, 
obviously the, the actual buildings themselves, like how can we use them to be of influence in our communities in a different way, perhaps reimagining their purpose and um, kind of really connecting with God's word. Both Danielle and Petty kind of really emphasize that connecting upwards first, our vertical connection. And then we kind of look um, horizontally to how we influence others. Um, thinking about the fact that actually how many people did we actually talk to you on like a on a church sabbath day and the fact that really we actually had small groups within our churches and how can we really use those to draw other people in perhaps they're based on themes or interests and we use them to connect with each other um so thank you so much everyone um it's a really good panel I was quite excited about having you all on just because you're all very interesting people doing really interesting things for God and it non-conventional ways but maybe they will become conventional maybe we'll start reimagining our purpose as Christians to all of us are influencers in our different spheres um, and really trying to connect what we believe with what we do and just being an outflow a natural outflow um, of God in our lives um, I'd love for IK perhaps if you wouldn't mind just praying for us praying for those that have spent some time with us this evening um, and praying that the Holy Spirit will just infill them with his vision for their lives and also for ours is, is that okay yeah I could pray yeah um, before I pray I just wanted to share this quick point um, it's taken from Luke 10 uh, 18 to 20 and the disciples had gone and they cast out demons and done all these great works and Jesus says he saw Satan fall down from heaven like lightning because nobody more works in heaven than, than Lucifer. But then he goes on to say in 20, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not. Don't rejoice because of the great things you're doing. But he says, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Mm -hmm. It's important that we have an assurance of salvation, an assurance that Christ has our names in the book of life. That when that first time you went on your knees and you confessed your sins, he wrote your name in that book and it's still there. You know, even when we've gone astray, it's still there. Mm -hmm. So it's, that, that's a powerful um, uh, hope to have. Mm -hmm. And I pray that it will encourage us that we need to have that assurance so that we it will help us in the different outlets that God needs us to do. All right, let's bow our heads as we pray. Mm -hmm. Our loving Father, thank you for this time that we spent. Um, to discuss, to bounce off um, different ideas. Thank you for the different ministries that, that have been mentioned. And the word says, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. And I pray that you bless every single, every single one of us here. Help us to continue to look to you, to continue to trust you, to um, not to get discouraged, but to continue to to follow the path that you've shown us and you know, and, and, and as that as that path gets brighter and brighter, I pray that you will continue to use us to um, to lead um, and influence others to to your kingdom. And I pray, Lord, that as well, you know, we we don't want to be left out ourselves. And so I pray that you will help us to always remember to be connected first, so that we can help others to connect even better. Uh, bless each one of us. Continue to. Um, be with all everyone that tuned in and i just pray that you help those uh, ministries that are forming and the um the different ideas that people people have and i just pray that you help them to continue to explore them and continue to look to you and trust you and i pray that you bring each one to fruition and every ministry that is already operating here i pray you continue to keep them and bless them and flourish them in all they do so all these things we ask and we pray in jesus name for his sake amen